Well, hello, and welcome to Watch What Crappens, the podcast for all that crap we just love to talk about on Yale Bravs. I'm Ronnie, Ronnie Karam, hi, and I'm with my little bestie from the Westie, literally, way west of me. His name is Ben Mandelker. Hi, Ben. Hey, Ronnie. How are you? Welcome to Monday, okay? We're here. We, we made sure it. Are. And I only have a little bit of lettuce in my hair. Um, yeah. Well, if you're going to throw food, make it that. You know, leave the mm-hmm. carbs on the table, people. All right? You're going to have to deal with me. Um, welcome to the show, everybody. Hope you had a great weekend. Today is Real Housewives of Potomac Day. It's also Take a Seat Day. Uh, Take a Seat is a show we do on Spotify. It's live show. So it starts at 7 p.m. Pacific and 10 p.m. Eastern every Monday night on Spotify. Gang! Just, uh, I mean, it's not on Spotify. It's on Spotify Green Room. So just look up the app Green Room on your app store, whatever phone you have, and download that. Follow at Ronnie Karam and at Ben Mandelker. And uh, when we go live at 7 p.m., you should get a notification that tells you, come on in, join us. You guys can talk back to us. It's not a recap show. We just chill, talk about stuff with you yeah. guys, see what your thoughts are, etc. So join us for that. Also, Crappens on Demand is where you get our video recaps. We do a couple of those a week. Uh, so go to Patreon for that. You can also find our bonus episodes there. Okay. So thanks to everybody who supports us, listens to Take a Seat. Uh, listens to this just full of and full of thanks guys full of fun and joy i just want to mention about the bonus episodes that last week we recapped the first episode of great british bake-off and we had so much fun although uh we're, we're not we're not necessarily going to dive into it again this week because the cast is really big and it's like a big sprawling affair for us to take the notes so we're going to sort of like wait for uh the cast to pare down a little bit and we're going to revisit it then but we'll we'll, we'll for sure, I know I'm probably going to bring it up on the Boney this week just to chat about it a little bit, among, as well as several other TV shows that we've been watching. So just want to give a heads up for people who are like, you know, wondering about our Great British Bake Off coverage. Well, that was the opposite of a plug. You see, here I am plugging everything. It is. And then you come, across, you come across the room and start unplugging everything. You're like my dad. I go into a room, I turn off the turn on the lights. He comes right behind me and turns off the lights. Well, okay, what if I dad. say we'll talk about Squid Game? How about that? That's a good plug. Okay, yeah, there you go. Saved it. You replugged saved it in. It. Thank you. Because you watch all of it. I'm two episodes in. I've still got more to watch. I'm, I'm probably going to binge the rest tomorrow. But, you know, so like less cake, more squid, right? That's always been something that people have felt in their lives. Yeah, the great British squid bake-off. Okay. <laughs> Could you imagine if they merged those two shows? Yeah. <laughs> you have to bake until a giant robot says, uh, like... <laughs> Green light, red light. Yes. <laughs> and if, you, if, you, if you're if you're caught mixing, you just get shot. <laughs> the worst baker gets shot right in the head, right away. <laughs> it's just a giant, <laughs> ten foot tall robot of Paul Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the final person just wins a simple robotic handshake from a skis ball. <laughs> All right. Well, here we are. Um, I know it's going to be a fun day on Watch What Crappens because my. First line is, your mama's low budget. So, here we go. <laughs> Mine is Juju on the rug. <laughs> yeah, Juju on the rug. Uh, so, Mia's like, want to help me, Pat? You want to ride around on the suitcase, babe? Yeah, uh, Mia is packing for the uh, big, I guess, final cast trip to the eastern seashore or the eastern shores um, that Wendy has arranged. And so, she's packing... The kids are like sad that she's going. No, and one of them. I, she's such a shit starter, Mia. One of the kids is sobbing. He's like, No, Mom, you're leaving me for a thousand days. And she's like, Oh, you don't want to stay with grandma. No. Stop stop putting words into his mouth to torture your mother, okay? Leave your mother alone. Well, you know what I thought was funny was that she tells her she tells him. Yeah, I'm going to Chesapeake. Mm-hmm. I'm like, stop bragging to your child. Don't don't give him a mm-hmm. like this. <laughs> yeah, and this ring, thirty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. It's like that's your child. Why are you one upping your child like that? <laughs> I know she's one upping her child and kind of dissing her mom at the same time, like trying to make her mom look like a bad babysitter. So Gordon uh, is saying, listen, we haven't been on a trip in years, and now we have to go with your friends? Like, I don't want to do that. 
And yeah. um, he's saying so- that as if he's going to be the normal one there and everyone else is going to be crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like That's like sort of the implication. Like, ugh, I don't want to hang out with people. I don't know. Like, they're going to be so annoying. They'll probably get too drunk. They'll probably say inappropriate things. I'll have to smile politely at. <laughs> I know. Cut to Gordon, like doing a huge, like donkey dick pantomime thing for everybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So uh, she's like, yeah, he doesn't like being bothered by everyone else's shit, but we, you know, we just always, you know, he's always a good time. And he's like, well, but you know me, right? You, you know that when I get out, I could be a little extra. So this <laughs> always happens? I guess so. I think it's always dangerous when someone says, you know, I can be a little extra. No one in the history of the phrase, I can be a little extra, means that they are truly just slightly extra. That means that you are a full-on mess and people have to scoop you up and take care of you and put you to bed. Yes. Um, So she's like, yeah, but, you know, there's some issues. Like, I told you already about the low budget. I mean, Candace was very upset with me. And you can talk about me, but don't bring anyone's mom into it. I'm so sorry you have to stay with your grandmother. All right, I'm giving you a helmet and a kitchen knife to put in your diaper just in case. Seriously. Uh, so Mia tells us, if she decides she wants to move forward, I'm in a space to move forward. Specifically a space where I can take some brochures and put them forward on the desk. And if she decides she wants to stay in high school, then we can all go all the way back to high school. Which, as we all know, is where we learn various things like how to throw lettuce at people. I can do that. Um, so then we go to Candace's, and she's got a new fucking horrible chandelier. You know, Awful. sometimes it's I wonder if my opinions virus. on everything in her house are just colored by the, the fact that I don't like her. But this is just, this is an objectively terrible chandelier. Okay, it's terrible. It, it, it literally looks like the coronavirus. Like, <laughs> she's, she's like, I, I would like to commemorate this year by hanging a coronavirus over my table. It looks like that Halloween plastic, you know, that they make like spooky black chandeliers out of spooky, shiny black plastic. And it's kind of Vanderpumpian Nickelodeon, if you will, because it's a chandelier inside of a big orb. It's just all Yeah, terrible. I mean, it sort of looks like a science project, like when you have to make an atom, you know, and so there's like the rings and there's the protons, the neutrons. But it's like... It's like if an atom had a bad hair day, essentially. It's like the worst atom you've ever seen. It's like Reza's atom. It's like Reza's atom from Shots of Sunset. It's like if an atom were Adam. (laughs) If it just had like a shaggy beard and whined a lot. And then it was like hanging over table. Ow, Candace. Yeah, and she's applauding herself as she comes down the stairs and sees it. She's like, oh, it's so pretty. Should it come down more? Yes. It should come down, period. (laughs) Just bring it, it down. Come down and go in the garbage. <laughs> but to Candace's credit, she's the first person on Bravo to say charcuterie correctly. She goes, let me get our charcuterie. I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. Um, and last night on Twitter, she said, oh, my God, new money is just uh, something like that. And uh, uh, Candace. I was is, like, what? Yeah. I'm sorry. She had DuPont. I, I'm... <laughs> Candace, <laughs> I'm sorry. Candace Hines over there. Yeah, uh, what canal do you about. own? <laughs> <laughs> New money. Uh. Yeah, it was something like that. And I was like, wow, she's really pushing that old money with her proper usage of charcuterie. <laughs> <laughs> so um, <laughs> so she sits down with Chris, and Chris uh, de- she declares that he doesn't need crackers because she serves a charcuterie plate with no crackers, of course. Uh, But he's like, yeah, I don't need that. It's too many carbs. And then he's like sipping his booze, you know. So then. um, This was his drunk storyline because she's like, is it drinking time again already? Because that's every scene he's in. It's like, we're drinking already. Are we drinking right now? (laughs) You got to love Candace trying to make everyone like her husband while she's also (laughs) trying to push my husband. It's an alcoholic storyline on everybody. Look at us, just two old moneyed people who can't communicate because we just talk through our booze. Just look at us. <laughs> oh, So he's having a cigar and they're talking about the videos that, that are being edited right now. And she's like, um, I get three edits, right? <laughs> Which is kind of a funny yeah. way to put it. Like, that's the package they bought. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> apparently they did not get the fourth edit to edit out uh, the microphone bobbing in and out of frame during the little uh, <laughs> vignette at the top of the video, which ironically did not sound like it was actually even mic'd. So. But they did get the edit 
featuring the Roomba voice that actually sings that fucking song. So congrats. <laughs> well, the money they saved in by not hosing down the parking lot for the shoot, they were able to apply towards <laughs> not editing any of the microphones out. <laughs> now, now we're down to ragging on her not washing <laughs> the Well, it's not about lot. not washing, but like... You're supposed uh, to spray down a if you're it's a video shoot. You're supposed to spray down the, the cement wet. or asphalt. Yeah, it don't needs you to look watch shiny the and pretty. Yeah, you gotta watch. Hello, the it's called. Yeah, it's called watch anything. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that expression. Like I would rather watch paint dry. I literally would watch asphalt dry, except it wasn't wet in the first place. <laughs> so she tells us she's indie. She's an indie artist, guys. So <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's she's so indie. She's like a regular Jill Sobule. Yeah, um, and she's really trying to sign with E One, um, who also has Usher and Brandy. So that's exciting. <laughs> I'd just like Important. to point out Usher and Brandy have music videos with sprayed down asphalt. That's it. That's it. <laughs> just gotta point it out. Just gotta say it. <laughs> I mean, let's let's just listen, listen. You know, you gotta spray down that asphalt, guys. Um, <laughs> when Ron and I release our music video for, um, you know, Hey Batch, there's gonna be spray down asphalt in the background. Okay, yeah. Mark my words. Um. So let's see. So she's like, yeah, I'm gonna have a distribution deal, so then I can have control, and they just market it. And um, sure. she's like, there's no backup plan. <laughs> yes, there is. Well, there is. You're shooting a pilot and you're going to, you're getting a master's there's like, and you're on a TV show. Literally, there is a back, there's like three backup plans. Four. The fourth name is Dorothy. Okay. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's, well, that's just the main plan. Let's be honest. <laughs> that's yeah. just the plan. Yeah. And the so. chandelier. I mean, you know. Might earn a few bucks on American <laughs> Roadshow, whatever. <laughs> Antique American Roadshow. Horror Story. Okay, American so. Horror story. <laughs> Ryan Murphy may want it as a set, you know. Yeah. So then we go to uh, talking about the last party that they had. And she's like, I mean, the party was weird. They were asking me about the video. And then I asked Mia if she walked up to my mom and asked her if my husband was on the payroll. I mean, she said that wasn't shady. And he's like, well, what yeah. other kind of way is there to ask that? Well, there's the, there is a way to say it that's not shady, as in like, hi, I'm from the IRS and I need to know if your husband's on the payroll. Um, so Candace is like, and then she sees fit to call my music video low budget. I mean, what about shooting in a local park parking lot and not even being able to spray down the asphalt it says low budget? I don't know. I, I don't a, know. I did a box step in front of a Nissan Sentra. What the fuck is that bitch talking about? <laughs> we had full catering coupons that you could redeem for one day only. That's not low budget. Oh, and uh, she said, so I said, your mother's low budget. He's like, oh, God. <laughs> and, and she goes, she's like, oh, everybody's intimidated by me. Okay, I'm like, who wants a big old leaky booty, a big old leaky lips, a botched clitoris? Who is really intimidated by a size 14 foot? It's now becoming a pattern that every time you feel intimidated or you feel out of place, you want to project that people are intimidated by you. And I refer to her as the projector. I'm like, wow, that is a burn. The projector. Wow. Yeah, I don't know how Mia's going to get over that. <laughs> she's really leaning into her projector thing. And it's just her hands clapped and then she opens her hands. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, it's like an open <laughs> laptop. I mean, it, it looks, could be really anything that opens and closes. I'm not really sure what the fuck she's talking about with her she's projector. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> she's kind of like, um, she's sort of like role playing that scene in Pretty Woman. With the jewels, and when it, like Richard Gere closes it on Julie Roberts' fingers, you know she's sort of like in that process. Okay, well you did that, so I have to pretend I'm Julia Roberts for a moment when that thing closes, okay. and she goes. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris is like, um, he's like, so Candace does the thing with her hands, and Chris goes, "That looks like one of those things. Uh, you ever have one of those things in school?" Overhead projectors. I'm like, Chris, she literally said it, the projector. Like, <laughs> what sort of what sort of a comparison is this? Hey, you know when you do the projector thing that looks like a projector? 
Well done, Chris. Well, well done. <laughs> well, he's drinking. He's drunk. It's his drunk story. He's so okay. drunk right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she also did terrible pantomiming, which I don't know why anyone who's like seen her work would be shocked, but mm-hmm. that's not really what a projector does. You know, it actually is it. not. And actually, by the way, it also speaks to how little Chris paid attention in school that he thought that's what a projector looked like. A projector looks like E.T., essentially, right? <laughs> also, can we just leave people with big feet alone, lady? I mean, I've got feet that look like a small puppy that's been smushed. Okay, my feet look like a small puppy that's been flattened. Okay, I've got huge, huge square feet that don't even fit in shoes. Okay, and I shouldn't have to apologize to you for it. Okay, I have to live with these things every day. Where's my parade? Where's my victim parade? You know, fuck you. That's not very nice. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you got big feet, that's more traction to walk on wet pavement, if you know what I'm saying. But <laughs> as far you know, Canvas is always going after the way people look, and it's it's pretty obnoxious and rude. And and on top of that, she's lucky that no one has returned the favor for her because people could go in on any number of things about Candace, any number of things, and no one does. And she doesn't really receive that. And if she received that, maybe as a child she received it. But if she did receive that, I'm sure she would not appreciate it, and she would learn her lesson. Yeah. Uh, so she starts talking about the girls' trip, and um, Chris is like, "Is is Dre coming? Because I really like him." She's like, "Yeah, he's very calm and quiet." And he's like, "I'm a little loud mouth." Well, I guess when Darby's around, I am. And then so we see a clip again of him being like, "Back up off me! Back up off me, Darby! Back up off me!" After Darby was like, "Well, I would like to say this about your place of business. What was he talking? What was that fight about at the? Uh, um, he was saying you got to control your wife. Oh right, you got to the- control your wife, or right? you got to control your tiny-footed wife over there. <laughs> Michael Darby's playing it right because he's staying out of the limelight, and as a result, Chris is the one who's looking like the big douchebag this season at all times. You know, so um, then we go over. Speaking of which. We we go we see Ashley uh, walking with her baby and an orchid over to Robin's townhouse, and um, she's uh, there, she just goes over to hang out and everything, and they have some like chitter chat about like Robin. Oh, I'm so excited to get out of this townhouse! I thought I'd be out by now. You know the <laughs> usual same stuff. Did you not notice Robin's burnt teapot? I did because it's the same color as my teapot, and guess what? Mine's not burnt, but mine mine has mine has some 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 browning uh i actually thought it was my teapot but but my teapot known as chantal uh, i didn't name chantal it was actually it's a brand called chantal and i was like well i'm gonna keep it's it says it's chantal i gotta name it it's gonna be chantal but um my my chantal has like a big ostentatious handle it's actually kind of annoying it's like a big thing like well look at me boys i've got a handle (laughs) and now chantal Chantal Whereas, sounds like somebody that Mia used to work with. Just like pouring for sure. tea. Chant- Chantal actually wears a ball gown. <laughs> Whereas Robin's is more of like a oh Miriam, you know? Yeah, I feel like Robin's teapot, every time she turns it on, is like, oh! <laughs> it's always just like just finishing up some other task hold on (laughs) i mean i remember i had a teapot for a while because that was my thing like i (laughs) i was convinced if i stopped drinking coffee and started drinking green tea i would look like 20 and be thin i don't know where i got that from but anyway so i got a teapot and then i never cleaned it but i would leave it on the stove while i was cooking so it was like covered in grease and dust and just you know it was gross and then when it got heated up it turned brown like that because it was so dirty from the first basically i have teapot trauma so when i saw that dirty chantal i was like oh no i um with my teapot with chantal i've pulled a full-on kyland if i ever go on big brother and people pull up you know tweets where i complain to companies you will find one where i complain to chantal about chantal because like (laughs) within a day it had like little rust kind of marks around the handle. And I was like, what is this? I just bought this a day ago and it's already rusting, Chantal. <laughs> and then it's been fine ever since. So now I feel embarrassed that I like literally put that out there on the internet, like me complaining about a teapot. But you know, that's life. And you know what? Chantal is a part of the family now. Wow. One teapot comment and look where we are. 
Talent. Look where we look where we are. Looks like we made it. Uh, so <laughs> that's what that's what shot that's what Miriam sa- sounds like when she reaches a boil. <laughs> she just sings. She, she whistles. Shania Twain. <laughs> so um, they're talking about how she's moving, and then it, of course it talks to the party shady, the shadiness at the party. So uh, Ashley's like, "Well, I had fun, but wow! First off, Candace came in on the warpath, and she's like, oh, I mean, calling me a small, low budget. Her mom was a drug addict, and they're rebuilding a relationship." And Ashley did, had no idea, so she's like, "What?" So then um, Robin says, Candace likes to play dirty because she's been on the receiving end of criticism about her mother, but she needs to stop and think before she says something really hurtful, which I think she did to Mia. Yeah, so um, basically then they start talking about Robin versus Wendy, and Robin's like, that girl's an asshole. I mean, if I don't agree with her, then we just get in a huge argument. I don't get it. And Robin, I love how Robin remembers things, you know, mm-hmm. I would never get mad if someone said that about my man, cut to Robin, you know, showing up at Ashley's place of business to scream at her about talking <laughs> about right. her man. Um, so, so yeah, Robin, uh, Robin's going off. So Ashley's like, yeah, when she said a trip, I got excited because it's going to be like a different energy. And then I get these texts. Dun, so dun, we see. Dun. Yeah, they're all on a text uh, thread together, and we see a flashback to Giselle with Cal getting her hair done, and she's like, this is what I'm going to send, ah, I don't feel welcomed to come on your trip, ah, due to the rudeness of your event, ah, and send. And Cal's like, oh, you press send? Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Every gay guy who's best friends with a girl totally got this scene. Like, this is so many times in my life. You're like, no, don't press it. Okay, you just press send, okay? I'm not just a cheerleader gay. If I'm going to be the advice gay, you have to listen to it sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And Giselle's like, I don't know anyone uh, who invites someone on a trip uh, by being nasty to them. Uh, Me and my luggage will not be coming. No, thank you, Wendy. Uh, You just had a party called the Reasonably Shady Party. (laughs) Literally, she was being shady to you at your shady party, uh, which she came to in good spirits. And you're the one who actually, like, went out of your way to tell her that she was wouldn't have been welcome to go to the bathroom in the house unless Robin had convinced her otherwise. So I don't understand why Wendy's at fault here. Yes. Um, so then Robin's like, well, I don't blame Giselle. Of course. God, Robin. Mm-hmm. Just think for yourself for one goddamn time in your life, lady. So Ashley just sighs, and then we go over to Wendy's house, and she's talking to Zoe the dog, who's like the sweetest little dog, and just sits there and lets herself get dressed, Mm -hmm. and all sorts of humiliating shit gets done to her. And she just sits there like, please love me. She takes it. Yeah. She takes it. So yeah, Wendy wraps the dog up in like an animal print thing, and she's feeling sort of morally conflicted about that. And then she starts telling Eddie about the Flossy Posse text group, and she's like, some people took it upon themselves to say how, because of how the invite was given, they're not going to come. Um, and I decided in a very Zen Wen way, the invitation still stands and everyone is still welcome. And I will be packing nothing but positive energy. Love Zen Wen. So then uh, back to Ashley, she's like, oh my gosh. And um, then comes Robin on the text, <laughs> the text thread. Thanks for celebrating Reasonably Shady. Enjoy your trip. And uh, she's like, well, what do you expect from me? And Ashley's like, yeah, Michael's not going to come either. And they know that it's because um, he doesn't want to be around the Bassets. And so Robin's like, well, I don't feel comfortable around Wendy. I just can't be myself. I mean, if I tell her her shoe is untied, she'll go off. Um, That's not what happened, ma'am. Okay. Not something simple like your shoe is untied. It's, hey, hey, national television, we all heard that your husband's boning people on the internet. Want to talk about it in every scene this season? Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, Robin doesn't feel welcome or wanted by Wendy. And she's so cold and dismissive about our relationship. I don't know what I, what to do. Um, which means that basically the producers are going to like get into Robin and Giselle's ear and be like, this is the cash trip and you have to go. So then uh, we then go to Karen, by the way. Babe, mm, babe, can you help me with these bags, please? Ooh, 
yes, please help me, and I hope, oh, I hope you're going to be able to take care of the house for a day. Don't burn it down. Mm. So Ray's going to come tomorrow. He's going to come the next day, and he's asking where Ashley is, and Karen's like, well, she's a new mother, so I always think she'll be late, Ray. It's nice we're letting the husbands come. The same people that came to the love party are coming, Ray. Remember the love party, Ray? <laughs> You know, as the ambassador to Surrey County, the one thing I really appreciate is family, and that family can come to this trip is wonderful. Here, let's shoot a commercial for Surrey County right here in my foyer. <laughs> Welcome to Surrey County. As you can see here, these luscious fields are filled with love. Uh, Karen, you are shooting your film inside our foyer. There are no fields, apparent. <laughs> Movie magic. So poor Ray is like, Michael's not coming? No, Michael's not coming. What about Juan? No, Juan's probably not coming. I haven't heard. It's like, burr, burr. poor Ray is going to get stuck there with, you know, uh, all these people he doesn't really know. <laughs> We're like so much so younger confused. than him. Yeah. yeah. Poor Ray is just going to be looking around like, anybody, anybody. And Karen says, uh, well, after watching Robin thumb herself in Williamsburg, I do not think Juan is coming because Robin sure can take care of herself. Hmm. So then they just stand there in the foyer. Yeah. <laughs> These two are so fucking weird. I don't know if they've had the rental furniture taken out of the other rooms. I don't know what's going on, but they just stand there and wait for Ashley to come. So finally, Ashley comes, and uh, Ray's like, You don't look like a new mommy. Keep it in your pants, Ray. Okay, put your eyes back in. He's like looking her up and down. And, and, and um, Ashley has like this giant uh, poster that she's printed out of. The whole family, Michael and the kids and her, uh, I get to remind her, like, it's like to, to, to substitute their presence or something like that. It was just sort of like a strange bit of prop comedy that I don't think will ever does take off or whatever. But she she shows up with that and then they pile into an Uber that has snacks in the backseat and then they head off. And then it's like jazzy fun exciting music as they as we head to the shore and we see the estate and uh the the post-production team was having a great time because i don't know if you noticed this ronnie there was like this shot of like two adirondack chairs facing the chesapeake bay and then all of a sudden there's like a ding and a glass of wine appears that's the magic that you find in surrey county wine (laughs) appearing out of nowhere This is what you'll find here in Surrey County, triple wick special effects. One (laughs) appearing on an Adirondack chair. (sighs) The old press pause, put something into the frame and press play again. Oh, everyone loves it. (laughs) So they get to the house and they're looking around and Wendy's like, there are seven bedrooms, so some people might have to share, but I don't want anybody to be in the cottage. So um, she's going to show everybody how it's really done by not making them feel not a part of the group. So they start picking their rooms, and then here comes Gordon and Mia. And he's like, valet, valet, am I supposed to get my own luggage? Like, he's being jokey, but then she's like, well, I'm sure as hell not bringing in my luggage. So... They, we start getting a tour of the of the estate, and we're walking around and seeing the whole place. And and Wendy's like, "So where's your luggage? Where's your luggage?" And so Gordon starts giving his key to Eddie. He's like, "Being like, here, can you move the key?" He's like, being all jokey, like, "You're the valet. You're the valet." You know, it's all like jokey, fun, and games, which is kind of funny considering how much Mia and Wendy were at odds at the beginning of the season. That now we're actually. It's the two of them, th- th- those two couples together for actually a good amount of time. Which I was like, "Look how far we've come." I know, right? Um, So she makes a toast, and she's like, this weekend is good vibes only. So the goal is GVO. They're like, what's that? Good vibes only. Oh, okay. So she's going to really push this GVO thing. Um, Yeah. Which, doesn't that mean, okay, hold on, MG, what is it called when they mess with the DNA of your food? Oh, GMO, yes. And this, I would say this is definitely a non-GMO weekend. (laughs) It's time for a commercial. It's time for a Crappens commercial. So, yeah, they're like hanging out at this bar, this very gray, depressing room with a bar. And they're making, you know, they're serving themselves shots and everything. And Mia's like, 
I'm going to tell you how Big G told me 10 years ago. If you can't hang with the big dogs, then sit your ass on the porch with the puppies. And they're like, oh, who's the puppy? Who's the puppy? I'm like, why would you ever say that to, like, your lady? <laughs> like, what's, what, is, what is that all about? Yeah, we really deep dive into how gross G is today. Uh, and yeah. Eddie's just like, uh, where are the puppies at? I'll hang out with the puppies. So they start doing shots and then doing the chant, the GVO chant. GVO. GMO. I don't want a tomato. I want a humongous tomato. (laughs) (laughs) GTA. Okay, so um, so Mia's like, oh, Gordon has different layers that they all mesh well together. And when we're, when we're home, he's like a teddy bear, a big drunk teddy bear. But when we're on vacation, he's G. And we work hard, but we play harder too. Man, you should see how many cocktails I need after I move a brochure on a table. Wow, work hard, play hard. And then it cuts to G's face, and he's already so bloodshot. I mean, the guy is already just fall down drunk, right? Yes. So Mia's like, this is our first time. Well, she talks about leaving the kids with the mom or whatever. And then Wendy's like, why haven't you ever left the kids with the mom before? And G goes, whoops. whoops. <laughs> he goes, uh-oh. Whoa, whoops. Whoops. <laughs> so Mia explains that, uh, you know, she was... In the foster system, et cetera, and that her mom has been sober for 10 years. And, you know, uh, Wendy is Wendy's like very happy that Mia felt comfortable to open up about about her past. And she feels like the story she feels like the story really touched her heart. And then she's like, oh, so did Candace's comment about your mom being low rent? Did that strike a nerve because of that? And Mia's like, well, with Candace, I went to a place of you spoiled brat because I would never talk about anybody's mom. Yeah. So then Karen and Ashley are driving over, and Karen's like, how do you feel about going out without the baby? She's like, oh, I'm kind of sad, but not as sad as the first the first baby. She's like, oh, so eating placenta helped. <laughs> Surrey placenta, the most delicious placenta in all of America. The Surrey placenta. Hey, what can we have to, to represent the placenta? How about that pizza? If I just don't hold up this pizza, this this counts as placenta, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, Karen starts talking about her wedding, which is funny because it's not a wedding. It's a vow renewal, but she's, she's referring to it as a wedding, saying how it's cocktail attire. And she's just happy that she's in a place where she can invite all the all the girls to the wedding, including including Giselle and uh and then we get a flashback of Karen talking to Ray about it. And she's like, well, I'm in a reset place and I'm going to invite Giselle to the wedding. You know, it's like, what's the point of having two wicks if you can't have the third? So all three wicks. And Ray's like, I'm good with Giselle coming. I, I just don't know who she's going to bring. The, the the hairdresser guy? Maybe him? Oh, God. So she's like, well, everyone in this group has to be accountable. And I told Giselle, we're all right, but I've got my eye on you, you little Surrey ham. And Robin, (laughs) uh, then we get uh, shots of what Robin and Giselle are doing instead of coming on the trip. Robin is cutting her kid's nail, and then it's just a long shot of Giselle seeing something on the floor and limping over to it. Because she's still got her her (laughs) foot thing on. And then bending over really slowly to pick up trash off the kitchen floor. Yeah, a scene that is surprisingly enough um, revisited later on in the episode with G. So, <laughs> so Wendy says, you know, the atmosphere is about being positive and love and good vibes. And if they don't want to come, that's on them. If they want to join us, come along. We've got giant celery here. GMO, GMO. So uh, Candace and Chris arrive. And of course, Candace enters like, well she's an independent artist you know her song hello is gonna be all the rage soon enough and she sees mia and she's like well here comes the jolly green giant mia she's gonna put a crack in the foundation of this house with her big ass feet but you know i'm gonna be nice i promise (laughs) isn't it too late for that can you be nice after you start a sentence like that (laughs) yeah so then uh, in the bar, Wendy is, again, gee, the theme is good vibes only. And you have to do it. And Candace is like, if you don't do it, then you can GTFO. Yeah. 
Yeah, so they're just like all cackling. Uh, Candace just like cackling and Mia's scowling. And Mia's like, well, let's just hope Candace's husband is prepared to manage her mood this weekend. Because girlfriend, maybe the husbander should be just the husband so she can get some and just be in a better mood. Zing. So then uh, everybody's laughing and wooing. And Wendy drops, like, does that squat dance thing. And she's like, whoa, we're about to make it rain. (laughs) And Gordon's saying saying things like, I'm a strip club connoisseur. And Mia goes, that's where you found me. And Candace goes, yes, we know. (laughs) And he goes, you know, I have no interest in going to strip clubs because I have this. You know, she likes to go, and that's why I go to strip clubs for my wife. And then he's like, boom, like slaps the table. Like he's, you know, just admitted something, and Chris is cracking up. Yeah, and Candace is like, well, who needs to go to the strip club when you bring the strip club permanently into your house? I'm like, listen, I don't want to hear about strip clubs permanently in a house when you've literally got coronavirus dangling over your table, okay? And she's like, well, you know, we do in there. I say, which one do you want in, baby? Which one do you want, baby? And he's like, well, he only likes white girls. So, And Candace is like, you like white girls? And Gordon goes, where are the white women at? And he starts sort of doing this, like, thrusting kind of thing. Like, his eyes are, like, rolling back in his head. He's just, like, in, a, in like, a state of fantasy all of a sudden. And <laughs> Wendy and Candace are like, uh. And then he's just, like, doing, as you mentioned before, this, like, big old donkey dick pantomime. <laughs> and it's just like, uh. He's, like, fucking the air. He's like, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, so, uh, what, what should we talk about today? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, look at Wendy's face. And then he's doing like the huge dick stroke at her. Uh, he's disgusting. Okay, first off, he's <laughs> yes. disgusting. So then Candace is like, um, where's the water? No one's even mad that I just made hooker jokes at Mia right in front of her husband. And uh, he just keeps like jerking off. So Candace is like, so does that thing still work? And he's like, is the pub Catholic? Is the pig's ass pork? Does the bear shit in the woods? Does Miss Dorothy have a joint checking account with her daughter? Come on! And Wendy's like, I'm not going to judge anyone's preferences because I'm the host. But at this point, it's a lot. So Mia's like, I'm just going to let G BG. He's 68 years old. And some of these young kids need to take notes. I'm like, take notes, (laughs) literally take notes on what, how, like when you should stop drinking excessively (laughs) in your lifetime. (laughs) Like when you should learn to like take notes, like, Oh, when I'm 68, remind me not to get this drunk on national TV. Yeah, and Candace tells us, I don't care how hung your penis is, sir, only how brown it is. So please keep those things to yourself. Yeah, for someone who's talked a lot about Chris's penis, she suddenly seems to have some uh, new boundaries about oversharing in that department. So then Escala and Dre show up, and um, she Gordon. goes, who the fuck is that? I know. Uh, so now they, they, now they like, um, they kind of like move into the kitchen, and um, uh Candace is saying uh, G is what G is on 25. What is that? Oh, just saying that he's on like level 25. Like he's just like totally just blitzed. And, uh, and now G is like now moved outside and is at that point where you're really drunk, where you have suddenly like have a moment of like silence and you're just staring at something and like, wow, he's just looking at the Chesapeake Bay. Like, wow. He's eating a sandwich and staring at the sun. It's so funny. It's just like staring right into the sun. And before he was following Dre and he goes, you're a big motherfucker. <laughs> so then he, he snaps out of it and he comes back inside with his phone. He goes, hey, babe, 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 I got someone who wants to talk to you. You got to listen to this. You guys, you got to listen to this. You got you to listen to it. So we see that it's Gordon's car dealer that's on the phone. So we know that this is going to be some ostentatious display of like, you got a new car. And so he tells, so she's like, hello, this is the CEO of me. What, how can I help you? And um, he's like, you, got, you guys got to listen. You guys listen. You got to listen. So I'm like, we, I'm bracing for a really tacky moment. But then on top of that, the, the guy on the other line doesn't really lean in to like having the full ostentatious moment. You'd think he'd be like, your new Mercedes G-Wagon is ready and top of the line. He's like, uh, I'm ready for that customized deal if you want to um, – Check your email for some docu signs. That would he be wonderful. He sounds so annoyed that he's being put on the spot on speakerphone. He's like, um, 
customized wagon. I guess you can call call me back. Just call me back later. <laughs> and everyone's like, uh. And then Wendy is like, oh my god, you got one too. Which was her way of kind of deflating the moment for Mia. Um, no, no. She says, come on, customized wagon. Where's mine? I don't think Wendy got a customized wagon, did she? I thought that was one of the things that Wendy has a G-Wagon now. But it doesn't matter. It's the, reg- regardless of what happened. Oh, my God. Now it's I'm jealous awkward of for two everyone. people on this show. No, I'm not. I don't want a G-Wagon. Do you want to a G-Wagon? G- no, I don't. Yeah, I don't a want wagon. That. That's what I have to call it. A G-Wagon. <laughs> that sounds like it's Wendy saying dragon. Look at my wagon. People, yeah. Um, also gross. So Mia and Gordon, you're both pretty gross at this point. Oh, my God. But wouldn't it be amazing if like all that shows up as an actual wagon? <laughs> like just like a little red wagon <laughs> that just says me on it her customized wagon yeah carrying one of those big wooden g's from home goods um so every everyone's just staring at them like completely grossed out and it took you a um, second to get that but that was really funny he's like when do i get to see it and he's like just wait listen listen wait 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 look i don't get many chances to tell you to shut the fuck up so just shut the fuck up and wait and Wendy's like, if this is what's said to Mia in public, what's said behind closed doors? And then um, then they start talking about how their wedding anniversary is coming up. And someone's like, how many years? And he's and, and Mia's like, mm, years. And Gordon says, seven years too many. So everyone is like, just like many different layers of awkward things being said and done at this moment. Yeah, a lot of gross here. So then um, Candace is telling Ascala, so they kind of walk off, right? So Candace is telling Ascala that G reminds her of Michael because they've done the whole monogamy thing with one wife and they don't want that. So then they go out and they find Ashley's and Mia's, <laughs> basically. Right. Um, so then Wendy comes in and um, Candace is like, oh my God, G is doing a bit much. I can see this going left. Uh, which is correct, but Candace just annoys me. It's everything yeah. that's coming out of her mouth is annoying me, especially since I've seen the whole episode. So um, she's right, though, in this one. So then, I mean, uh, it, she, yeah, it's, I mean, but it's like, it's, it's like, what a shocking observation. There's like an there's like an old, very drunk guy. Like, yeah, of course it's going to go left. Of course it's going to go left. I think the thing with Candace is that everything, every when she when she goes off it can be very funny it can be very caustic but it always seems to come from like a dark place of re, of like true nastiness whereas i feel like with other people it comes from a place of just like uh like shadiness or jealousy but with candace there's like there is like a there has some sort of like childhood axe to grind that that spews forth so even when her she says th- things like i can see it going left like, I feel like I'm already, like, not – I'm already, like, anti-Candace because I can already see the venom starting to gurgle up. Yeah. So then the guys are talking in the other room, and she's like, yeah, you like the G-Wagon? You know what? You should talk to the dealer, all right, because white guys get good interest rates. And then he, he just bends over and farts. And they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> and Chris, <laughs> Chris is, like uh, – he's, like, trying to laugh. Chris is, like, just very excited that someone, you know – Used the word interest and directed it towards him. So, um, so, so Gordon is, yeah, he's like, try- I didn't realize he farted. I thought he was just trying to pick something up. He farted. Yeah, he, yeah, he bent over and farted. So then, oh. uh, Wendy is, <laughs> uh, so then Wendy is like, oh my God, yeah, Gordon told her to shut the fuck up. And Escala says, something at home isn't right. And Candace is like, I mean, it's interesting. You have this huge age gap and it's giving daddy daughter, I mean, red flag. Um, yeah, so then Mia's like, I'm going to go find her room because I owe you some really good sex for that G-Wagon. I'm like, Mia, Mia, you guys, <laughs> you don't have to be so on the about just leaning into it. These two. It's like, okay, like, there's guys, no artistry about this it. This <laughs> episode, you're going to be just the grossest fucking couple ever, okay? All right, I got it. Any other notes? No, just be gross. In whatever way you can. Just be gross in every second of this episode. All right, got be- it. <laughs> you can be as gross as you want because no matter what you do, Candace is going to trump you in some way. So we'll still be somehow on your side. So then back with Candace talking to Wendy and Escala, she's like, well, she met him in a strip club and she found herself a high roller. And then Mia comes in. Hi, lady. 
<laughs> Are you talking shit? By the way, wasn't Candace a hostess at Chris's restaurant? You know, people meet people in places. That's what happens. That's life. You know what? That's life, okay? You know what? I'm sorry, okay? So, um, Escala's like, um, did he tell you to shut the fuck up? Mm, probably. <laughs> and you guys talk to each other like that? What's wrong with that? And Candace goes, you can't do that in mixed company, okay? <laughs> oh, Candace. Yeah. Suddenly the doyen of etiquette. <laughs> <laughs> and Wendy goes, so you had shared some history of you and your mom with me, but I didn't tell the girls. I didn't tell them. And Candace is like, well, what does that have to do with me? Because I said your mother. I mean, I responded to comments you made to uh, my mother. Okay, stripper. <laughs> and Mia's like, um, I just asked her who's in charge. I mean, I, as a CEO, identify the problem. Your brochures were not in the center of the table, so to dry asphalt speak. So, <laughs> uh, so by the way, I I actually kind of love the way Mia handled Candace from like pretty much all the episode, which is that Candace kept on trying to start with Mia, and Mia would be like, well, I don't really have an issue with that. Okay, what else are we talking about? She just sort of just like glides <laughs> yeah. on to the next thing, like over and over and over again, or just takes whatever Candace says and just turns it into her own little joke. So yeah. can so Candace is like, um, there's also reading the room. Okay, it was the wrong time and place, which is funny because that's what uh, Robin and Giselle's issue was with Wendy telling Candace. So it's like it is the right time and place for Wendy to tell Candace about what what Mia's saying but for Mia to ask these questions is it is the wrong time and place am I saying this correctly doesn't matter I think so I think so in examples like that I just I start feeling like woozy you know I'm like I know what? I'm like did I put it's my like the train the right is going this double fast negatives? you know one train is going this fast in this direction and then there's an airplane overhead but then somebody's walking in the opposite direction <laughs> Like, all that matters is that the, the asphalt was dry, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, she's like, yeah, read the room. And Mia's like, but I was connecting with your mom. I mean, I aspire to be someone like your mother. She's so giving to you. I would love <laughs> to be able to have that much money to give. And Candace and- is like, well, um, my mother wasn't found in a strip club, but you can try to be like her. Candace, fuck off with yeah, you. Yeah, what is yeah, I mean, it's honestly, having a job. I know that you've never like experienced that, but <laughs> a job's a job. Shut the fuck up, lady. Yeah, exactly. And so, and by the way, and you will be so happy if your song gets played in a strip club. Okay. So then Mia, Mia's like, well, and I need a lot of money. Like another example of Mia just sort of like taking what Candace is saying and just like sort of owning it and being happy. Own it, baby. So Candace goes, well. I know G made it rain on you, and that's wonderful. He sure did. He sure did. <laughs> yeah, I'm loving how she's dealing with Candace because Candace is now getting so worked up because she's not getting so reaction, right. So, so then, over in the kitchen, yeah. I was going to say that over in the kitchen, Chris is making that same comment that we get like all the time, like you know, the guys are so chill, and then you make friends. And next, you no, know, me, and my wife, and your wife, like button heads and everything. You just gotta let the wives do that. I kind of am like so sick of this stupid narrative of like, oh yeah, women. Well, God, when women fight, they're so silly and stupid. Da 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 da. Because you know, when men fight, women can't. Do we ever see on these shows where it's like women being like, oh, you know, the men are fighting. We just have to hang out back here. When the men fight, it seems almost like the women are obligated to rush their men and save them and pull them out and like tend to them and and dote on them and, you know, pat them. <laughs> I'm like, this is, I just feel like it's so fucking condescending every single time. Yeah, but then later in the episode, cut to later in the episode where the guys are just like talking and you just hear women screaming in the background. They're like, hey, you want to go in the pool? <laughs> Oh yeah, I would love to go take a take a little some. Ah, fuck you, die, bitch. So then, Candace, back to Candace. She's like, "You said my video was low budget. I would never walk into your business and call it low budget." She's like, "Take it as constructive criticism." <laughs> Mia goes, "No, that's business. That was business." Oh, okay. And Candace goes, "No, ma'am." And so Ascala goes, "Can I interject?" Because this is not a business meeting. This is not a business retreat. We are friends trying to have a good time. And why does everything have to be about business? I'm like, well, you guys ladies are technically at at work right now. So <laughs> just, just as a reminder. Right. 
And so then uh, we cut to Karen and Ashley driving through town, <laughs> like thinking they're coming to this peaceful thing, right? And then back to Candace. And Candace is like, um, I invited you to my event not to criticize it. You were found on a curb by a pimp. But I wouldn't say those things because that's not my business. And she goes, um, you did say them. And my mom is low budget in case you forgot. And she goes, you don't even know my mom. She goes, and you do not know mine. See how that works? I'm like, what do you mean see how that works? You're the one who is going in calling the husband a pimp, saying the mom is low budget and everything. And then you're going to be like, then you don't even know my – how could you say that about my mom? You don't even know my mom. Like and all you do is just like harp on people for like the most horrific things, right? So Found on um, a curb by a pimp? Oh, fuck off lady <laughs> i mean hello have you never seen pretty woman we were just talking about it you were just doing the pretty woman thing see that's what it all comes down to she's just jealous of julia roberts i think you know here's what i would say mia was doing a creative job and she got signed which is more than i could say for you lady yeah and she got to wear a ball gown while she did it too <laughs> so <laughs> mia's career earned her a g-wagon where are you at yeah you have uh uh, an awful chandelier. <laughs> so uh, Wendy, Wendy kind of like checks in with Can uh, with uh, with Mia. She's like, "Are you okay?" And Candace is like, "Well, why are you checking in on her?" And Wendy's like, "Well, I know what it feels like to have two people gang up on you on a trip." And we, of course, we see footage of Robin and Giselle, you know, ganging up on her at wherever they were at Williamsburg. And Candace is like, "Well, she's had more than this on." More, she's had more than this on at one time, and I came to her rescue, and I still can't sit here with her big ass feet and say my shit is low budget. Which, by the way, just as a reminder, your music video was low budget. You can't yeah. talk about how you're an indie artist and then be like, I have a very high budget. You're indie. I That's mean, like, you couldn't even pretend to have a big budget. In your restaurant scene, you ordered water. You ordered water, okay? <laughs> and then you had continuity issues with said water, okay? You couldn't even pay someone to tell you, hey, there's already water on the table when you made your water order, okay? You couldn't even pretend to order a grilled cheese. That is how low budget your video was. Lately. You know how low budget your video is? You had a microphone in frame, and the microphone wasn't even turned on. <laughs> Uh, so There's Mia's no like, and why are you talking? Oh, uh, so Mia's like, and I came to your, or Candace is like, I came to your rescue, and now here you are with your big ass feet. She's like, why are you talking about my feet? God gave me these feet, and I like my big ass feet. She goes, yeah, and God made you basic too. Okay, you know, at least be witty, you know. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, if you're gonna have that decor in your McMansion, you lose the right to accuse other people of being basic. Sorry, Candace. Yeah, she's so infuriating. <laughs> if you're gonna have a three-story mirror with like golden accents, you're basic. I'm gonna just do a Jeff Foxworthy routine. You're you basic. might just be basic. <laughs> so then Wendy's like, GVO, GVO. And he's like, um, excuse me, my best friend is calling me right now. And Candace is like, yeah, you should excuse yourself with your flawed ass. You should excuse yourself. <laughs> and then we go to Gordon. He's like, well, when the women get into their issues, just smile and wave, boss. Just smile and wave. So um, so now Mia's like FaceTiming her friend or something. And the girls have sort of like left. And I, I don't really know what she's saying, but it, it all comes down to her telling her friend, well, my beautiful bombshell, smart, rich friends can understand that, but not these broke bitches as she walks by Candace. Yeah, and Candace is like, your mother's a broke bitch. Oh, Candace, my God. <laughs> Nightwalker, nightcrawler. Get your dog on the way down, bitch. So now she's saying that. My, so my note Candace on this is, saying, is Candace remains the worst. There's my yes. main note for this. So Candace is basically saying, Candace is basically just, you know, doing some sort of lame is fanfic, right? Like, essentially, Mia's mom was a prostitute, and then Mia grew up maybe as a prostitute, and then was found in the strip club, and then they fought in the French Revolutionary War of some sort, right? <laughs> She's like, steal a loaf of bread while you're at it, 24601. <laughs> at least I'm the master of my house. <laughs> He's like, there is a castle on a cloud. That you strip in. <laughs> or. <laughs> <laughs> so Karen and Ashley finally arrive. And then we get a shot of my favorite characters, 
in this episode. The cow and the ducks. Just watching this whole thing outside. They're like laying down together. I love seeing a cow laying down with a duck. I just think that's the cutest thing. You cried a little bit, didn't you? No, but I rewound it a lot. So then Karen's (laughs) like, I'm going in. There were no elephants. If there were an elephant, you would have cried a little bit. Yeah, you know I love an elephant. I just saw this video of an elephant playing with a stick, and I watched it 20 times. He, like, mm. picks up a stick, and then puts it in its mouth, and then grabs it the right way and just starts flinging it around with his nose. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, that is amazing. <laughs> um, okay, so they come in, and Mia's like, oh, my God, finally people who get me are here. And we just hear lots of wooing and yelling, and Chris mm-hmm. is outside going, Jesus. Yeah, and Mia goes, Finally, someone who gets me and has class versus candy ass, which is funny because that's what we always call her. Candy Maybe ass. me as a listener. Um, so, uh, so yeah, Ashley shows up with her photo and everything. And Wendy tells Ashley, by the way, Gordon is very drunk. And Gordon's like, I am exceptionally above average. So then Wendy announces that she's left baskets for everybody in their room. And they celebrate black-owned businesses and women's businesses, like my candle. And Karen's like, oh, what a cute little single wick. Maybe we could be in bloomies together. She's growing. She's growing. So is this meant for the bathroom? It's such a tiny little adorable candle. So now it's time for room assignments. Mia's like, put Candace in the dungeon. So uh, so then the first rooms go to Karen and Escala because they were in the cottage crew. And then after them, it goes to Ashley because of how how hard it was for her to get here. And then it's going to be, after the her, it's going to be Mia. And so Candace is already getting pissed off. She's like, she's like, you know, this is shade because I put her in the cottage. And Wendy's like, no, Candace, you did say to Mia, we want you to feel welcome in the group. So that's why she's like, I did. Past tense. Past tense. Oh, God. So then um, Ashley is like, are you okay, Mia? What's going on? She goes, this girl, she's a mean. And Candace is like, I'm literally standing right here. So if you're going to call me mean, you can invite me into the conversation. (laughs) And Ashley's like, well, I just asked what happened. And Candace says, well, I heard you say that I am mean. And Ascala says, well, I don't believe that you called us broke bitch, broke bitches when you walked off. And Mia goes, I didn't. And Candace is like, you know what? The elephant in the room is that you need to go to therapy because you have a problem with people who aren't where you are. Okay. Excuse me. Uh, the lady who called people paycheck to paycheck roaches all over Twitter. The lady who literally tweeted last night, they can't stand new money. Oh, fuck. Off. <laughs> you hypocrite. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I think the probably the most classist person on the show is probably Candace herself, right? Um, so, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so Ascala, then Ascala just starts going, classism, classism, class. Be quiet, Ascala, please, please. Yeah. <laughs> Ascala's just like, I'm here too. I will yeah. make a stand, damn it. So, um, she's like, do not go there with me. You just got here and you barely made it in honey rock your night crawl and you barely made it in honey rock your night crawling ass out of the room and Mia's like um i have no problem with you but you are disrespectful so someone needs to tell you where to go where's your pimp where's your pimp <laughs> yeah and and mia's like so then mia goes pimp where you at the hoe is here the hoe is here Mia's like sure okay She's yeah, like, sure, Candace so is <laughs> trying so hard, and she's not getting what she wants, and so she's just getting so aggravated, and that she's just yelling all over the kitchen, calling this lady a whore, and the guys are outside just listening to him. You want to play some pool? Sure, maybe I'll play some pool. So then yeah. Candace is like, "Go drop it like it's hot or something," because uh, for your pimp. Yeah, because you need to, he needs to put you back in line, Ugh. and then she goes, "Gee, tell her to shut the fuck up again." And it, um, again, course, I just have to point out, just because Candace is the biggest fucking hypocrite on this show, uh, that she's saying he needs to put you in line, which is why your husband almost beat up Michael Darby last year, because Darby said you need to control your woman. So now right. you're saying you need to go fucking control your woman. You fucking hypocrite, Candace. I can't with this lady. Yeah, she's a monster. So then Candace goes, she's hungry. Feed her. Do you need some lettuce? Do you need some lettuce? And then she, there's, for some reason, the kitchen island is like, has several different platforms. Of 
mixed greens. <laughs> so, so she takes a leaf and she throws it at Mia. And Mia goes, you need to grow up. And Candace says, um, well, you started with me and you need to learn how to finish. I'm like, well, she didn't really start with you. Really what happened was she asked your mom a nosy-ass question. Wendy then got into your ear about it. And then you actually went below the belt and have just like dug in deeper. That's really what it was. So Mia goes, I and didn't you already shit. had the conversation. They had this conversation at the last party. So Candace is starting by bringing it up all over again and trying to get me to lose her calm, and she's not. And I don't know that you're really the one who needs to tell somebody that they need to learn to finish it, Candace. Especially yeah. since you cried and cried and cried for 10 episodes last season when somebody did try to finish it. <laughs> that is exactly correct. And so Mia goes, I didn't start shit. It was low budget. And Candace goes, well, your mother's low budget because she just wants to revisit that. She goes, go cry about it in your room. And then, so now Karen comes in out of nowhere. Candace, you do not speak about the mother. Candace, Candace. And now everyone's kind of like yelling at Candace like you are basically in the wrong. And Candace's like, no, 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 no. Fuck you, Mia. Fuck you, Mia. Fuck you, Mia. And Mia's like, fuck you. Fuck you. And then Ashley's yelling, you don't know her story. You don't know her story. Yeah, and then Mia just turns around and grabs a handful of lettuce and throws it at Candace, and then Candace grabs some and throws some back, and then that's how we end. And cows. Yeah. (laughs) The cow Um, and the duck. The first (laughs) thrower of lettuce, who was it? It was, her name was Candace. Candy ass. Again. And honestly, for, it's like, did you learn nothing from last season? Nope. Did you learn nothing? And don't forget, there was a moment in there. I think we actually kind of, uh, we sort of skipped it by accident. But there was a moment where Mia was was speaking with her hand. And Candace was like, don't put your hand in my face. Don't put your hand in my face. And he was like, I'll put my hand where I want to. But I'm like, I know Candace isn't saying that. I know because that was literally how the fight happened last season was Candace Putting her hand in Monique's face over and over and over again doesn't justify violence. It does not justify physical, you know, attacks, et cetera, et cetera. But um, now she was on the receiving end of that, right? Like she was now standing in Monique's um, Monique's shoes, if you, if you will. And she's just so fucking hypocritical. And I think she did learn something from last season because she learned if she gets someone mad enough to smack her that they'll get fired. <laughs> because what True. else is she doing with Mia? I mean, she's coming at her, screaming at her that she's a whore through the whole house in front of her husband. I mean, yeah, Mia and like fall relentlessly. For it. And I love that Relentless. Mia doesn't fall for it. She's like, whatever, look stupid then. Yeah, Mia does not fall for it. Mia does, I think, the best thing, which is throw a handful of very soft vegetation (laughs) and i think (laughs) and like it's like a good way of being like this goes in your face because you mean nothing to me you're like you're you are as bad as a salad plate like you're you remind me of a salad plate in which i want to put these this lettuce on you know but um yeah candace is just awful she's she's just hitting below the belt and so nasty and people tried to explain to her that i don't think actually candace listened long enough to know that mia's mother is in recovery and you know, there was like a very tortured childhood. I think they were starting to explain that, but Candace interrupted and Candace goes back to the strip club thing and goes back to the foot and goes back to all these things. And these bites, you know, they're like, they're, I mean, admittedly when she says some of them, I'm like laughing because they're just so like repulsive, but that I'm like laughing. But in reality, She's going to try to take the, the moral high ground now. She's going to try to be the one that's like, I just don't understand why, you know, like it's like she would throw lettuce at me and it's violent and I've endured so much violence already. It's just bullshit. Yeah. I'm um, looking at her Twitter because I want to quote it right because she's so ridiculous. It dun, wasn't dun, even dun. arugula. There are just so said? many. There are just so many double standards. LOL. I will just continue to be the. Real Housewives of Potomac punching bag. I mean, every week is what a fucking victim she is, you know? And that's the most infuriating thing. Like, if you're going to be this way, at least have the balls to be this way. But to, like, run out and every single week she's a victim. And it's so many double standards against Candace for whatever reason. She's got a plethora of reasons. But no, you're an asshole. You're just an asshole. And people calling you an asshole does does not make you a victim. They're calling you an asshole because you're being an asshole. People are reacting to your actions and words ah. um, so speaking of actions and words so we uh, like we said at the top of the episode we are doing take a seat tonight on Spotify Green Room and for sure we're going to talk about this um, so I know that 
you guys probably want to weigh in on this topic on which side you're on or who's the biggest asshole, who should have a, who should take a seat. So for sure, come join us tonight. Hopefully you've listened to this in time. If you haven't listened in time, don't worry, we'll do it again next week. Uh, but set your, set your alarms for seven o'clock on the West coast, 10 o'clock on the East coast and join us. It's super, super fun. We're going to talk about this. We'll talk about other things. Talk, probably Salt Lake City. You talk about Porsche leaving Atlanta. So many other things. So join us for that. And in the meantime, thank you so much for listening to this episode and joining us here. Ronnie, love you. I would never throw lettuce in your face unless you wanted a snack. And I had to throw it because I couldn't. <laughs> there was a a, a bridge. Just... Uh, there was a, a a crack in the floor, and I had to throw it across the the ravine. Well, you just insinuated I have big fat ass feet with the crack in the floor. <laughs> no, 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 the world was ending. And I would never, I would never waste the food. So don't worry, Ben. Love you, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Watch What Crappens would like to thank its premium sponsors. Ain't no thing like Allison King. Ashley Saboni. She don't take no baloney. Dana C. Dana do. She's not just a Sheila. She's a Daniela. Itchels. Aaron McNicholas. She don't miss no Trickolis. Ava Nagila Weber. Jamie. She has no less namey. Sip some scotch with Jessica Trotch. Just saying. Okay. She's always supplying. It's Kelly Ryan. Let's give a kisserino to Lisa Lino. Megan Berg. You can't have a burger without the Berg. You don't touch the Nikki Morgan letters. The Bay Area Betches. Betches. And our super premium sponsors. Better than Tabooley, it's Annie and Julie. Always the wiser, it's Allison Weasler. Somebody get us 10 cc's of Betsy MD. We're taking the gold with Brenda Silva. Don't get salty with Christine Pepper. Can't have a meal without the Emily Sides. We will, we will. Joanna Rockland, you. My favorite Murdo, Karen McMurdo. Kristen the Piston Anderson. Let's go on a bender with Lauren Fender. We're letting the catlet out of the bag. It's Lily Catlet. The incredible edible Matthew sisters. No one makes us feel well like Megan Cap Sewell. She's cheese on a bagel. It's Megan Ragel. Mina Coochie Coochie Coochie. Give him hell, Miss Noel. Shannon out of a cannon, Anthony. Let's get Racy with Miss Stacy. Let's take off with Tamla Plain. She ain't no shrinking violet Kuchar. We love you guys.